Have you heard the new Skype noise? Ring noise? No, of course I haven't. I'm using like Skype six point something. Of course you are. It was like dun dun. Well, it wasn't like a drum, but it sounded like it was about to start a drum beat, and I'm like, okay. And then it just no. went to like the bubble, like boink, boink, Isn't boink. That what you want a drum beat? I I guess. God, I wish I could beatbox. If if there was any completely useless skill, I wish I had. It might be beatboxing. I wish you could do it too. Oh God. Because then so I would bad. never need to pay for music anymore. Yeah, that's true. You just make it yourself anytime. You would make it for me. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Hi. All right. We are early today. I would uh, retweet that we're live, but I can't. We'll talk about that. Spoiler alert. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> Suspense accent three. I don't even know which one that was. I don't even, was that actually, that was number one? It was one of them. Oh, okay. I don't know what numbers they were. God, I miss the suspense accents. You should bring those back. I can't. Why? It worked because of the way that my microphone stuff was all uh, set up at the time. Bummer. I could pipe my system audio back through. It was very weird. Mm, that makes me sad. Should we begin? Yeah, let's do this. Lots and lots and lots of people wrote in about smart speed, as was expected, yeah, and, and as I mentioned at the time. Yeah, I was not sure if I was going to be really bothered by this in the like, oh my God, another one way, but it was actually really entertaining. And I think the thing that was most entertaining about it was that anyone who had more than about 50 hours pretty much assumed they were going to be the winner. Yeah, I like that. That was really funny to me. Even people that were like super close to mine and your numbers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. there were some people that shared them even though they had had like 10 hours more than me. And it's like, there's definitely <laughs> going to be someone. And, yeah. Yeah. And as oh, you've goodness. rightly pointed out in the notes, it seemed to really fall into two camps mm-hmm. of people in the 200 range and people in the 400 range. Yeah. And to, and to remind people, we're, I'm in the 42, I'm at 42 hours right now. Hey, that's the answer. And you were at 80 some. Is that right? A uh, ninety. Okay. So either way, like you had said, a lot of people seem to be in like the two hundred to three hundred ish range, and then there was a small swath of people in the four hundred ish range, which is darned impressive. But there was only one winner, just like Highlander. There, there can be only one. Gabriel, the champion. <laughs> Gabriel has somehow saved. 672 hours. That is with outstanding. It's wow. insane. How do you even listen to that many podcasts to save that much time? I don't even get how that works. But I asked Gabriel and he just told me all the great shows. <laughs> that that, that was, is that was, about the best possible answer. I mean, he oh, literally man. listens to all, he must listen to all of the shows. Yeah. Like all, all shows. shows. <laughs> and even some mediocre ones. I feel like you've run out of great ones. <laughs> At that point. <laughs> That's true. Uh, yeah, but uh, Gabriel has provided a screenshot. We will link to the, his tweet in the uh, show notes. I am I am impressed. Like I, I, I don't, did I don't have somebody tell me that they had scored higher than Gabriel, but that person, they, I wouldn't say declined my request for a screenshot, but did not reply with one. I so, see. I will say that I will. That person is completely invalidated from the competition, and Gabriel is the winner. 
If you out there, dear listener, have scored higher than Gabriel, you are too late. And you will be known <laughs> as Jane the Slow. If your name is Jane. <laughs> Gabriel is the champion. You are just a slow person because you did not make it in in time and you need to listen to Analog quicker. We give you a whole fortnight to listen to this show. If you've not replied, then that's your that's your problem. Yeah, and if you're a person who replies in between the time of this show being broadcast and live and then put out to the world, well, tough nuggies. <laughs> you should still yeah. listen quicker. Yeah, you should still listen. In, in fact, we should be at the top of your queue. That's how exactly. this works. Exactly. And if you're someone who listens to podcasts so much... I don't know how you could let Analog <laughs> go so late, right? Like, that's the real thing here. It's 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 not oh, about the amount horrible. of time we leave. It's not about how much you care about the show to have it as top of your list. If you listen to enough shows that you could have amassed more than 670 hours of saved time, <laughs> that means we are super low in your list, and that is completely unacceptable. Borderline offensive, I tell you. Borderline is a stretch. It's completely <laughs> offensive. <laughs> Oh, goodness. So, yeah. So, congratulations, Gabriel. You have won nothing but our admiration uh, and, to some degree, pity, because I don't know how you had that much time to listen to that much stuff. But well done. All right. uh, Tell me about the house. What's the uh, latest? All right. So, um, we're both in a mix of movement and not movement right now. That seems contradictory, but carry on. In the case that things have been resolved, but nothing's happened. So, do you remember the issue that we had? Mm-hmm. that I've mentioned, that has been completely fixed in a Yay! way that was previously told to us couldn't be fixed. Yay! Our solicitor ended up dealing with it, even though we were told our solicitor categorically couldn't. <laughs> I have stopped asking questions Fair. because I feel like there's no answer I want. The answer that I will probably get is, Mr. Hurley, here is your bill. <laughs> that's true but all all kidding aside i know you're being silly but all kidding aside this is kind of what you're paying this individual for is to make these problems go away and honestly i, I it got to the point where i where i did say to adina when i was in portland i will just give the guy however much money it costs him to just deal with this so we can just <laughs> get this freaking house yeah so we were speaking with people today um as it currently stands we are waiting for one piece of paper to be delivered from the seller solicitor to our solicitor. Once that has been done, we can set an exchange date. Which is what I would call date, closing? No, okay. I don't think so. The exchange date is when we uh, will hand over contracts to each other and when I will transfer my deposit to my solicitor. Oh, and interesting. We then, okay. Yeah, we then have a closing date, I which is you. the okay. final date. And that's when the money is transferred and the keys are transferred. Um, For us, that will probably happen about a week later. So I will say what I have said every episode since we began this whole process. And I will say that by the next time we record, (laughs) basically, as it stands right now, all that's stopping us from setting an exchange date is an email. Right, oh, like it's goodness. an email from the seller solicitor to our solicitor. They need to either find the paperwork or they need to have paperwork reproduced if they've lost it mm-hmm. or it doesn't exist. Right, um, and we're waiting on them to come back to us. Now, you know, we're already at this point. Everybody knows that our seller solicitor is very slow to respond to things. That's just part and parcel of the way that things are done with the people that we're dealing with. Um, so as soon as that comes through we can set that date 
and if I know anything about the company that we're buying from, is they will give us zero slack and give themselves all the slack. So I'm very sure that as soon as that paper is delivered, they will say, right, exchanging tomorrow, and then we'll just have to <laughs> deal with that. Um, but I want to then just exchange and close as quickly as possible because I am done with this, uh, and I just want to own the house so the house is ours and we can start doing whatever it is we want to do. Um, I have said uh, that I want to move in by November. Uh, mm. This surprised Adina more than <laughs> I expected. I don't, I'm don't. i not 100% sure why she thought it was going to take longer. Uh, maybe she is less... Maybe she is actually more realistic than me. Uh, I want to move in in November. But we have a lot of stuff that needs to be done between now and then. Um, which costs a lot of money, obviously, because everything in this whole process costs a lot of money. Oh, does it ever. But uh, we only got to do it the one time like this. Only mm -hmm. one time like this. And then every other time can get a bit easier. Are there any improvements you want to do to the home before you move in? So yep. as an example, like we bought a house in this one we're living in today, and the prior owners were smokers. And so what we ended up doing was taking out all the flooring in the house because it all just reeked of tobacco and redid all of that the week before we moved in. Are you doing anything along those lines? There are lots of things we want to do, and there are things that we will have to do. Um, so the things that we are dealing with first are the things that we have to do. So stuff sure. like changing the locks, changing some bathroom fittings, um, getting everything painted, and all of the flooring replaced. Oh, wow. And I presume you're going to be having people come in to do that? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, we had the flooring done for us, but like over the summers when Erin was still teaching, she's been going, well, she used to go from room to room and paint, you know, one or two rooms a summer. And so we didn't pay anyone to paint, but we did absolutely farm out the uh, flooring so install. we could totally do the painting ourselves, but I want it done once really well. Oh, I hear you. I mean, Erin did a great job, but it's taken her years and years and years to move through the house. Yeah, and plus, you know, we have to have the painting done before we can do anything else. So you've kind of got to get that done quickly. Because we can't, yeah. or we won't have the flooring put in until the paint's done. Sure. In case there's any decorating accidents. But, yep. um, yeah, we've got some people, like, there's some family, friends who know people that do this stuff. And they come with good recommendations, so. Cool. Although the flooring, we're just going to go to a, a flooring place and just have them come and do it. But like all the decorating and stuff, that's all going to be done. And there are some other things. We have some very small and light repair work that needs to be done on some items in the house. And we, I think we could just pay for someone's time for a day and they could come around and just do some stuff. And then me and you can have a conversation from my side where I talk about how awkward it is to be in the house whilst people are repairing things, which I could probably do if I just spent some time bothering to learn. Um <laughs> But yeah, that that will be fun to discuss for later. So yeah, there's a there's a bunch of stuff that that we want to do as well. Past that, like you know, have a kitchen, new kitchen put in. But the kitchen is totally possible. It's totally fine. We can live with it for a while until we get to the point where we can safely afford those things again. Yep. Because uh, we're not going to have any money. Yeah. So. Kitchens are expensive. We just did ours last year, mm -hmm. and I, I don't think we were particularly extravagant about it. But and we we had already done the appliances at this point. We were just doing the like cabinetry, and we uh, Aaron's cousin actually makes custom cabinets for a living, and so we got completely custom cabinetry, and we got a really good deal on it, and it was still absurdly expensive. So I completely understand that well this is exciting though and, and fingers crossed toes crossed every extremity crossed arms and legs hopefully this will work out well it, it certainly sounds like progress is 
being made, although I'm sure from your perspective, it seems like you've been standing still for three months. Well, we've been in this exact position of knowing this for nearly two weeks now. Oh, it sucks. After us, Moradina, like sprinting to read all this documentation. Mm-hmm. That's the thing that annoys me the most. It's like, I don't care if there's a deadline, as long as everybody has to kind of stick to this deadline. Right. If the deadline only applies to half the party, then it's not really a deadline that should have ever been put in place in the first instance. Nope. Yeah, I totally hear you. But companies think they're, think they're better than people, um, so here we are, unfortunately. All right, so I received a weird Slack message from you yesterday. Mm-hmm. And let me let me bring up Slack. I've have Slack closed right now because uh, you know I want to I want to make sure that I'm completely focused on you. But I'm now Naturally. opening Slack, so now there's a hundred things that I need to go do. I'll be right back in twenty minutes. <laughs> All right, sounds good. And you sent me a message. Uh huh. Oh, where is it? It's in the analog room. You and your I believe separation of conversation. You said to me. <clears throat> I just deleted TweetBot on my phone and pulled it off my dock on my Mac. If this stays for more than two hours, we should discuss it tomorrow. And I said to you, we're discussing it anyway, because whether you (laughs) succeed or fail in something like this, something's going on in the land and mind of Casey Liss, Mm -hmm. which is making you decide that you want to remove Twitter from your life for a period of time. Mm -hmm. Um, I want to know... Everything, please. <laughs> well, I was born in 1982. Now, um, so this is this is going to be a weird conversation, as which is, I guess, par for the course for the show. But um, I feel the end point is I felt, and to some degree, still feel like I needed a break and that I needed a chance to rest for a second from from twitter what's uncomfortable and peculiar about it is i have very clear reasons for it but i'm not sure they're good reasons and part of what i want to talk to you about is whether or not i'm being a child or or i'm being oversensitive and thus i really need to just mature and grow up and handle myself better but i'm not sure all i know is at work yesterday at about four ish in the afternoon give or take i got fed up i removed tweetbot from my dock it is still installed on my work mac it's actually installed on both my macs um it is not in either dock in either mac my home or, or work one i deleted it off my phone I did not delete it off my iPad, and that that is mostly because while we recorded, which we are doing at about 6.30 in the evening the following day, so about 26 hours later, I wanted to start TweetBot and look, I am 1,594 tweets behind, and I am typically but not always a completionist, and I have 29 mes- mentions since about a day ago. Um, and... Whether or not I'm a completionist with my timeline, I am always a completionist with my mentions. I can't say that word tonight. Um, So I haven't looked at Twitter in about a a day, for all intents and purposes. Um, I sort of rage quit it-ish, 
um, in that I quit it because I was angry. So what had happened was yesterday during the day, I had been getting a fair bit of feedback, mostly from Twitter, but also from email. And some of it was with regard to the conversation slash debate I've been having with John Syracuse on ATP with regard to reduced motion and accessibility features on, on iOS 10. If you don't happen to listen to ATP, the executive summary is John, for reasons that may or may not be great, but for whatever reason, has turned had turned on this feature in the accessibility section of, of the iPhone called Reduce Motion. The primary reason he did this is because he didn't care for or perhaps was negatively affected by that zoom animation that happens when you go from an app to the home screen. The the collateral damage for that, though, was when iOS 10 came out, that meant he couldn't do the super-duper iMessage special effects, like like sending things with lasers and confetti and balloons and whatnot. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes 100% sense. Okay. It, I know exactly what you're talking about, which doesn't help. <laughs> sure. Well, hopefully this, makes, um, so hopefully this makes some sort of sense. So I took a little bit of issue with that. But that so John said it, it's BS that the iMessage effects are tied in with this reduced motion setting, which I do understand his perspective, although in the course of ATP, I would never admit that because part of the shtick is me arguing with him, you know, and, and part of the shtick is, is dis- just vehemently disagreeing with him. But I, I do understand his perspective, even though I genuinely do disagree with it. His perspective is, you know, hey, there should be one setting for reduced motion and maybe like a child setting for, oh, but actually, no, I still want the iMessage effects. What I had said to him, or what I thought I had said to him anyway, was, hey, listen, you're using an accessibility feature that's clearly designed for accessibility, that's designed for people who are differently abled. Um, You're using that just because you have a preference for that animation. You just don't care for that animation. In reality, that may or may not be actually true. And there's a really good discussion about this on, I think it was the last Reconcilable Differences, which coincidentally, I think, happened right before we recorded the ATP. The day before. Yeah, the, the, the ATP where John and I got into it. Um, and I actually agreed with John's presentation on Reconcilable Differences considerably more than I agreed with his presentation on ATP, be that as it may. Um, I had said that I think it's kind of ridiculous for him to expect something that's designed for people who are differently abled to just cater to his aesthetic whims. Admittedly, I'm oversimplifying his perspective, and I'm not probably treating it fairly because I'm just trying to give you a quick summary. I bring all this up because I got a lot of flack about this. And I got a lot of flack from a lot of people saying that I wasn't being sensitive to differently abled people, not only in terms of my language, and I think differently able is permitted and er, permitted to snarky way of saying that i don't mean it to be snarky is an acceptable uh, a a graceful way of saying it but if if differently abled isn't the right way then i I truly am sorry i'm genuinely trying to get better because i've gotten a lot of feedback about this so a lot of people have said in very with various degrees of anger that i'm being super insensitive about about differently abled people why and and that's the thing is that i'm not really sure because To my perspective, I'm saying to John, dude, this isn't for you to just have an an aesthetic freaking preference. 
It's for people who genuinely have negative like impacts by that zoom animation that get like deeply dizzy or woozy or it confuses them or for whatever for whatever well, th- reason. This feature was actually brought in because when iOS seven was released, uh, there were some users who were uh, who were sufferers of vertigo. Right, were complaining that the zooming in and zooming out was triggering their vertigo. Exactly. So you are right. Right. So that was the purpose of it was to prevent that vertigo. Now, to yep. be fair, John did say in Reconcilable Differences, and I think he said on ATP in the past, that he does get a, a spot of that vertigo when this is on. And if that was the one and only reason he turned it off and then he wants the supplementary he, setting, he kind fine. of... Uh, he. he owns up on an episode of ATP though where he's like it's not really a thing right he, exactly. he said like I get it but it's like it's not really a thing right like he's he's not complaining like and he's not trying to because it sounds like as well like it's just a get out but it's like yeah. yeah you know it, it's not it's not it doesn't sound like from the way he explained it like this is actually a really debilitating problem of his exactly so I'm getting all this flack that I'm the insensitive one and I'm not being fair to differently abled people and I'll be the first to tell you my verbiage needed some work. And for all I know, I'm digging myself even deeper right now by saying differently abled. But I, I believe that's a more acceptable term, like I said. Um, so I'm getting flack about my verbiage, which, to be fair, is kind of deserved. But I'm getting flack about how I'm not being sensitive to the differently abled. And I'm sitting here thinking, what? Have that's- you asked for an explanation? I have a couple times. And candidly... I've not gotten a terribly good one, and I'm not sure if that means I'm not listening to reason because I'm fired up about it. I'm not sure if that means I'm not listening to reason because I just disagree, and I don't want to see you know the, the forest or the trees or whatever the phrase is. Or maybe I just uh, maybe it's just that I understand what I'm trying to get out of my mouth. And the problem comes when my thoughts leave my mouth. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I know I very clearly know that I am ticked off. Because I think John is inappropriately using this feature. And and I guess I'm just not good at doing a good job of describing why that is. And so people are taking that as, no, John has a need and you're not being sensitive to that need. I guess I can understand that. But to me, an aesthetic need is not a need, which is what you were just saying a moment ago. So I'm getting blown up on email and Twitter about that. Meanwhile, somebody had written in via Twitter uh, and said, you know, it's really ridiculous that you don't know how to pronounce foreign people's names. And you should be able to do the research in advance to figure out how to pronounce these names. Uh, what? So uh, after going back and forth with this person a lot, um, I think they took umbrage with a couple of things. One, that I didn't know how to pronounce Anand. Is that right? God, I hope I'm getting that right. Anand from An- Anantec. Is that right? Do you know? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I well, st- I think it's Anand. Yeah. Okay. So I stumbled over it on ATP. I think I asked for a correction on ATP, and, and one of the guys said <laughs> whatever was correct. I hope, I hope it's Anand. Um, right, hi, I will interject with a memory I had from listening to ATP. Mm-hmm. So there is a problem here. Okay. There's a problem here that Anand... Oh, man. See, I, was his, is, is his surname Shimpy? Yeah, I know exactly. I, I can picture it, but I, I can't get the word, the letters just right in my head. I just don't really know the guy very well. I mm-hmm. never read a non-tech. Um, yeah, I so only I, rarely did. So yeah, I think that's how it's pronounced. But at this point, I don't even, I don't even know anymore. I, and then I guess that's 
part of the problem, which is exactly what that person wrote in about. Right. But however, so there is an issue in the fact that Anand named his website after himself mm-hmm. because I believe you said something to the effect of or whatever it is or or however you say it. Yep. So you were kind of just like brushing it off like it was unimportant. Mm-hmm. But I assume, really, that you were kind of in your brain mixing that up with the fact that the pronunciation of the website name is unimportant, which it is. However, <laughs> unfortunately, it is also the name of the guy. Right. And I think you've hit the nail on the head on why this individual who is... Who is... Because that is disrespectful. Sure. Like, if it was called Casey Tech, and I called it Casey Tech, I'd be like, Casey's not important. <laughs> or Casey's not important. Sure, sure. Right? That's that's insensitive. But I think it's the mix that's got that's kind of jumbled up in your brain, and then it's kind of just, like, came out like that. Which I think, if you're saying it about the website, which you probably were, or at least were thinking of that in your head at the time, that is, it's fine. I don't think it's a problem. Well, in either way... So this person's point wasn't necessarily wrong, but maybe I was in a poor state of mind to to receive that feedback. Maybe they were snarky about it in a way that wasn't really necessary. But one way or another, they they were pretty perturbed that I didn't do due diligence in order to figure out how to pronounce all these names. And what I don't think a lot of people appreciate that are not podcasters, and I already hate myself for, for starting this this way, but uh, here I am committed. What you non-podcasters yeah, don't seem don't to understand. Uh, no, it's that when you talk, when you speak extemporaneously, when you speak just off the, t- off the top of your head, you don't have a lot of time to cross-reference and fact-check and All try right. to, g- you know what I mean? Yes, but I disagree with your sentiment. Okay. Because... The segment in which you are referencing the majority of these names is the follow-up segment. Some of people writing into you. Because mm-hmm. it tends to be pretty rare that you wouldn't know the name of someone that you bring up in the show otherwise because they tend to be figures, notable figures. Tend to be. Not always, but tend to be. The follow-up feature, the follow-up feature, the follow-up segment <laughs> of the show features a time where you do research on things. You get answers for things. You have emails. They are prepared in advance. And people know this. Mm-hmm. So maybe you should be checking the names and you're putting them in the document. And I will... I'm not trying to name shame you here. But one thing that I do, because I know I don't always get them right, but one thing that I do is with all of our ask upgrade questions or relay your fields questions, I get people's Twitter names so I take their Twitter names, I plug them into Twitter, and I find out what their name is, mm-hmm. and then I put the name in the document. And I will do my best to pronounce it if I think I know how to say it. If I don't think I know how to say it, I will then look it up. Like, when we've had some Irish names like Kean and stuff like that, there are some spellings that can be very tricky to try and phonetically go with. Mm -hmm. And the reason I do this is because a lot of the time, depending on where somebody is born, uh, depending on the culture, uh, depending on where they've decided to spend the rest of their days, the way that they pronounce their name changes. Me and Adina had this whole big conversation on the episode that she was on where her name, I don't even say it the way it should be said because I'm not Romanian and she doesn't introduce herself in a Romanian way, she introduces her in like an in a, in an anglified mm-hmm. name, like so. 
I think that it is it's kind of a double-edged sword. If you see a name that you think that you can't pronounce, you should be checking that in advance. But if you think you know how it's said, I don't think that should be a problem because you can give it a go and you just try and be as respectful as possible and then maybe you apologize. But like the idea is like you don't know how somebody says it. And if you say it like, if you take a name and you pronounce somebody's name as if they're from like the old country or whatever, <laughs> that might be disrespectful to them sure. if they don't consider themselves that way. That's mm-hmm. my feeling on it. That is my really, really long feeling on it myself. However, I will say that the only person that can complain legitimately is the person who wrote the feedback in. If you weren't the person right. who wrote the feedback in, with the ex- with the exception of the Anand thing, which I think is a edge case anyway, which I feel we've already adequately explained why at least we both feel that, because it's kind of mixed up because of the website name, even though it would be good to know it. Um, but you don't, so like whatever we can do. Uh, <laughs> uh, with that exception, I think that, you know, that really the only person that has any form of complaint legitimate complaint is the person who actually wrote the feedback in right and this person was not the one who wrote the feedback in they did cite the anon tech as the thing that bothered them most and uh, it's frustrating for me right wrong or indifferent because here it is i feel like i do end up trying my best to be fair like you said like this individual said maybe i should spend the time to do the research but I, up until this point, have done my best to pronounce it, and I've almost always said, oh, I'm so sorry if I got that wrong. In this one instance, I guess I said, oh, whatever, or whatever it is that it's called. And all of a sudden, people are coming out of the woodwork, or a person is coming out of the woodwork to tell me how much of a jerk I am. So I'm frustrated because I feel like I'm a nice guy, and I'm getting beat up and raked over the coals about differently abled people. And here it is, in my mind, I'm defending them. I feel like I'm a nice guy and I make one slip up and suddenly I'm getting raked over the coals about how you pronounce foreign people's names. I'm a nice guy. Like, I'm trying my hardest. Then at work yesterday, I got frustrated with this piece of technology called CocoaPods. CocoaPods is an open source thing that uh, works. It's, it's a dependency manager. So oftentimes my own code will rely on other people's code. And CocoaPods is a pretty nice way of grabbing up other people's code and putting it in my project. It was acting up. As it turns out, user error. Go figure. But I didn't know why at the time. And so I got frustrated and so I tweeted the following. Dear CocoaPods, middle finger, angry emoji, middle finger. Love me. To which I got responses like, well, why don't you contribute and make it better? You should be uh, more appreciative of the uh, dear, dear things that I choose to use that are free, built and maintained by really nice people who make our communities better. So now I'm getting all preached at about how I'm not appreciative of the free things in my world. Okay, that's, I guess, a fair point. But do I really need half of Twitter to come crusading at, well, of course not half of Twitter, but you know what I'm saying. Do I really need people to come crusading at me telling me how I'm a disrespectful jerk because I'm frustrated for one minute? In fairness, I probably shouldn't have tweeted that tweet. But everyone gets frustrated from time to time. Like, why does everyone have to jump all over me for this? So then I tweet, CocoaPods is an amazing tool, which is true. When it works, it's the work of magic, which is true. When it fails, it's totally inscrutable, which is true. Doubly so for non-Rubyists. In other words, people who don't write the language Ruby, which I do not, also true. 
At this point, though, I'm just f-ing done. I'm over it. I just don't care anymore. I'm, I've been grumpy all day. I don't care. I'm out. So I walked away. As of today, I don't know what I'm going to do. Uh, I'd like to, in a minute, talk about what today felt like, but I don't know what I'm going to do. I reckon that I'm going to start reading Twitter again, probably within the next 24 hours, barring you convincing me not to. I did last the 24 hours until we recorded the show, which I wanted to do. I set that as a little goal for myself. That is the longest Twitter hiatus I have knowingly taken, even during European trips, because I would usually catch up at night on Wi-Fi. Um, I... I don't know what I'm going to do, but it is clear to me that my relationship with Twitter is, or at least briefly was, broken. Broken enough that I decided to take Tweetbot off my phone, remove it from my docs, and I only left it on my iPad so I could read out those those numbers a minute ago. And what's funny about all this is, I remembered, as I was reflecting on why it was I was so angry... I think some of some, if not all of it, came down to me arguing on the internet. And I remembered a really great quote from friend of the show Merlin Mann. And it's maybe it wasn't, maybe it didn't start with him, but he was the person who I remember saying it. And his quote is, "Sorry, I don't argue on the internet." And I thought to myself, "Man, how many times have I told myself I need to get better about this? And I really do need to get better about this." And I wanted to make sure it was Merlin, and I wanted to figure out where it came from. And so I did eventually dig up the tweet where Merlin says, "Sorry, I don't argue on the internet." And then it's a screenshot, I believe, of Text Expander where he added an abri- a, a shortcut SDA, which it gets expanded to, "Sorry, I don't argue on the internet." Coincidentally, I found this link because when I was looking it up, I stumbled upon the episode of this podcast called Analog, episode 20, where the two hosts linked to that particular tweet as they were talking about their relationship with Twitter and arguing on the internet. So where am I going from here? I'm not sure. But what I know is I was angry most of yesterday because of bull that people that I don't know were putting in my face. And whether or not I'm right... In, I, I don't think I deserve to be angry because of strangers. And as a final note, and then I, pr- I promise I'll give you a chance to talk. Um, well, the thing that, that I can't help but wonder, though, is am I just being a baby and am I just not able to accept criticism? And am I just being a petulant child that is all ticked off because some people called him out on things that he should have done di- differently or better and I'm just being a big crybaby about it? And, and uh, A... I don't know, maybe. But B, I'm still really frustrated and angry. So whether I'm being a crybaby or not, I still don't think that being frustrated and angry, frustrated and angry is a healthy place to be. And so something had to change. And I maybe something still does. I'm not sure. Okay. That's it. So lay it on me. All right. So part of the problem here is you make a significant portion of your living espousing your opinions out to the world. That's correct. That's a very, very good summary, in fact. The people that you espouse your opinions to have every right in the world to espouse them back to you. Mm -hmm. Their own. Mm -hmm. Especially when you ask for it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now... We don't get... I don't get an awful lot of these types of tweets for for Cortex, which is the, the show that I do, which has the biggest audience. We get a little bit of it on our Reddit thread. I don't really get any email. And it's because we 
basically never address or ask for it. Mm-hmm. I think it calms it down. And the Reddit thread is this beautifully self-policing place. But I get a million times more of this from a show like Upgrade, where we do ask for it. So, I don't really know what my point there is. But <laughs> <laughs> it's basically like just, here's a data point. When you ask for these things, you're going to get them back. And I think that's totally fine. And I think my point is, you need to just accept that. Yeah, and, and I agree with you. Like, my brain absolutely agrees with you. But my heart, after, for right or wrong, feeling like I'm getting trampled on for things that I didn't deserve, my heart is kind of like, I'm done. It's not worth it. You also need to be okay with feeling like that. Because just because somebody says something to you, you don't need to say something back. <laughs> Are you sure? Because I haven't learned that lesson yet. Yeah, but you don't need to. And yeah. so this is the thing. I feel like the older I'm getting and the longer I do this, the better I get at this. I still get hurt. I still get angry. I still get upset. And I still reply to people. But the level of which I do these things has regressed. Mm-hmm. The level at which I will permanently mute somebody has increased. I never block. I always mute. Never give people the satisfaction. Hmm. And also, let them follow you. They want to follow you. Let them follow you. They don't necessarily deserve to be blocked because they said one thing that hurt your precious, precious feelings. (laughs) Right? And I mean that for me and you. Sure. So I mute people. They can still get everything that they want. And I don't have to see them anymore. So you mute mentions as well, I presume. So if you muted me, yeah. you would mute everything about me, my mentions, everything. You're muted in mentions, you're muted in searches, you're muted across the board mm-hmm. because of the way that I have it set up in Tweetbot. Okay. Now, I will block people if they are uh, unnecessarily offensive. I've had a few people that have made comments about my appearance. That will get you blocked, just so you know, in case you want to test it. <laughs> there you go. That's how, that's how you test it. Um, so, because you give these opinions out into the world, you need to accept some back, but you also need to just try and get better at shutting the majority of it out, which I have gotten a lot better at. I have also gotten a lot better at taking the anger, channeling it, and responding calmly. Yeah, I, this is I, a lot harder to do, <laughs> and I still have a million miles left to go for this. Because a lot of the time, you don't actually... So I, I can't remember what this tweet was, but somebody sent a tweet to me the other day, and I was like, how dare you? And I thought that this person was an absolute tool, but I calmed down, and I sent them a reply, and then they said, thank you, to me back. Like in a smiley face. And then when I read it back, I was like, oh, the other interpretation of this tweet is perfectly innocuous. Mm -hmm. I wish I could remember what it was that they said, but I don't. But I was blown away by the fact that my original reading of that tweet was Hellfire and Brimstone. But when (laughs) they responded nicely to my nice reply, I realized that they were just being nice in the first place, but I just read it wrong. Yeah, I've done that too. I I don't think I've done it that often, but I've absolutely done it from time to time. You have a real problem with being overly aggressive on Twitter. Okay. What makes you say that? 
Why middle finger emojis? <laughs> Fair. By yeah. doing this, you are inviting, you are sending an invitation to anyone that has a positive feeling with the other thing yeah. to tell you why you're wrong. Yep. And, and, and you are also setting the tone. You're right. You're absolutely right. And, and it's frustrating. I'm frustrated with myself because I don't remember if we talked about it on here. I thought we did. But one of the things I've tried to be better about, and I've clearly failed because I failed in that tweet. But one of the things I've tried to be better about, and actually you and I have definitely spoken privately about, is not being a Eeyore on Twitter, not being a sad sack, not being grumpy or angry or frustrated all the time. And I think on the whole, I've done okay with that, but clearly this is an example of me utterly failing at that goal. But it's because it's really hard. It is. It is. It's very hard. And it's doubly hard when you have some modicum of an audience because oftentimes you'll get the people on the other side of the coin that are saying, yeah, that thing sucks. You're right to be grumpy about it. And it feels good. It's like, yeah, I'm not the only one who hates this thing or is frustrated by this thing. But but the reality of the situation is what you what you said is absolutely right. It's not constructive and it's setting a tone I don't want to send. So my feeling is you need to be better at tone policing yourself. That's point one. Mm-hmm. Because things could have gone very differently if you would have maybe just stated the frustration you were having. You may have actually gotten the help that you needed to fix the error that you'd made. Right. Right? Instead of spending the next 45 minutes being angry. But I also understand this because I still do this myself. But what I am noticing I'm doing a lot more, Casey, is uh, I will open a tweet to either make a joke, which I think is really funny, or to complain about something, and I write the tweet out, and then I discard it. Mm Mm-hmm. Sometimes just writing the tweet out is enough. I feel like I've gotten all I needed. I also <laughs> have been writing out replies to people, which I can. Sometimes just saying it, mm-hmm. even if they never see it, is enough. Yeah, Just write it out, get rid of it. Get the catharsis, get rid of it. Because as well, that person doesn't need your anger back at them Like in the same way that you don't need their anger at you. Sure. So first off, you need to just just try and find some ways and be more uh, present when you're saying things, would be my advice. The other is, stay away for one week. Change <laughs> my did... life, Casey. So why a week? What, what makes that so magical? Because it worked for me. Because a week, you will go through, most likely, a couple of stages that I did. So you are currently in the, wow, this is, this is incredible phase. I've had this day, and it's been fine. You're not into the phase where you want to go back yet. And oh, then when no, you're I'm in the there. phase where oh, you want I'm to go... There. Oh, you're, you're there? You're there already? I'm, okay, you I'm need to there. go past this. You need to go to the next phase. Okay, which is? This just isn't a part of my life. <laughs> but it is a part of your life now, is it not? Like it yeah, became but, again, is what I'm saying. Yeah, and I've been thinking about that. <laughs> I've been thinking about maybe I should just be one of these people that don't read every tweet. Yeah, yeah. Even Even mentions? Um. See, and that's the thing. So while you think about that, I remember you and you, it was either you and me or you and Gray discussing your ground rules for for your Twitter vacation. And 
I remember that you had said, among other things, that you had given Nadina your your Twitter password so she could check up and make sure that like you weren't getting DMs, for example, um, and make sure that that nothing was really going terribly wrong. And what I've wondered is, should I make some sort of rules for myself that are vaguely similar? As an example, the rule that I'm kicking around is should I allow myself only my mentions and direct messages if there were any? I did open Twitter long enough to confirm there are no direct messages. I seriously have not read any new tweets, though. Um, Should I allow myself mentions and only mentions for a few days and see how that goes? No timeline, just mentions and, of course, direct messages if there are any. Um, And I, I, I feel that way, and this might be part of the problem. I feel that way because I feel like I'm letting people down by not replying to them. And I think that might be a part maybe the crux of the problem if not part of the problem because i feel like if somebody's taking the time to tweet at me i owe them a reply and i think i really need to break myself of that so i think it's very nice but i actually think that the majority of people don't care (laughs) that's fair people are used to tweeting i tweet at people all the time that i know i'm never gonna get a response from but I might. And if I do, it's awesome. Mm-hmm. If they never respond, it's not important. So I've gotten way better at just faving tweets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I want to just let the person know that I read it, but like I don't really have anything to say. Like, But I want someone to know that I've read it or it made me smile mm-hmm. or whatever. So I will give them a little fave. And then it's like, like it's like, I don't know, like an acknowledgement. It's like, yep. Like, I saw this, like, this is cool, like, I favorite this. And I don't favorite every tweet. I don't favor every mention because I don't think that that's necessary. I still respond to a lot, but I've also gotten a little bit better recently at just, like, being okay if I have to skip stuff for whatever reason. And also, it's just something I've noticed that, like, my brain is just skipping more tweets than I ever thought it was. <laughs> I know what like, you mean. And I don't know if that is something that has changed... But I've started to notice it more recently that like I might look for something and then see a bunch of things like I didn't know these were there and it was just that my brain had just skipped like fifteen mes- mentions in a list. <laughs> yep, I've I've done that. I already think you need to take a break. I think you, maybe you're at the time where you need to take a break. Um, I might nearly be getting towards that time again, but I'm all right right now. But I feel like just some things are starting to creep in. But I feel like I'm better equipped to deal with them. Uh, than I was before. I think whilst it is a very simple thing to take a break from Twitter, it is also a very powerful thing if you're feeling some stress and strain. Yeah, and the thing of it is, is that I feel... So I feel today was odd, right? Because this was my first full day without it. Um, And there were definitely times... Well, most of the day, actually, I didn't really notice. And to be honest, I probably was more productive today than I usually am. Nothing really happened today anyway. Well, and you that, didn't miss anything. I was going to say, I don't even know. Um, but it's funny you bring that up because one of the things I felt was like, I feel like I'm missing out on stuff because I don't know what people are saying right now. And that's both a good and bad feeling all at once because it's good that I'm, to your point, starting to let go of that, but bad in that it's still tugging at me and it's still, it, it's making me a little bit nervous or, or um, it's giving me to my perception anyway, a little bit of anxiety that I'm missing out on something that could be important, that, that, that could be interesting or exciting. I mean, I, I didn't 
pay attention to Twitter during the, the presidential debates that happened last night, which is probably for my own health. Um, I probably would have declared that. I probably would have declared bankruptcy even if I wasn't in this uncomfortable place with Twitter. Um, but I don't know what my friends have said about it. And I do care about what my friends have to say about these sorts of things. And at the end of the day, at the end Ask of the workday, you know, fair point. Um, that's actually a really good, annoyingly good point. Um, anyway, at the end of the day, I, as I was leaving work, I was thinking about this and I thought, you know, I feel both empty and whole all at the same time because I feel like I've missed out on what my friends are saying. I've missed out on what people are saying. And yet I feel like I've been a little bit more present as well, which is probably a really good thing. And you need to change your password. Give it to someone. Take a break. You got to. You got to. Got to cut the cord and 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 have the password changed so you can't just log in. Well, delete the apps. Don't don't rely on your own self restraint. But uh, I have mixed feelings about that. You are not wrong. Let me start by saying that. Um, I have mixed feelings because a I I never made any sort of declaration that I'm going away. Which Maybe did I? fair um and i i I just i i feel like i want to see that my mentions are not anything critical and maybe the answer is i give my they never are (laughs) fair honestly like what do you manage yeah i mean uh... you don't have a website that if it goes down bad things happen Mm -hmm. i'm sure that you have some kind of monitoring tool if you don't there's a sponsor that we use that you should use (laughs) Right. Um and aside from that, you're all good. Like any any other thing that you look after that could go wrong could pretty much guarantee that you would not be the first person that would be contacted. So if this website that hosts our show goes down, if the analog feed is down, they're gonna speak to me. Mm-hmm. If the ATP feed is down, they're going to speak to Marco. Uh, not necessarily, but you are... But uh, there's three of you, though, sure, so sure, sure. it's fine. Yep. The only thing that's going to go down is your own Twitter page, but nobody's going to know. <laughs> probably. Hell, I'll probably get a bunch of new followers, too. Because yep, people don't leave. I, I, had way, I had a way different follow account from when I started to when I ended because people were following me, but they weren't leaving. Because <laughs> uh, okay. I weren't upsetting them. Yeah. So... I don't know what to do. Um, I asked Erin if she noticed anything different from me last night, and she didn't. And to be fair, I was on my iPad probably almost as much as I usually am. I was just looking at different things. Um, But she said she didn't really notice anything different. Um, And the the thing that I'm struggling with is, and I think the thing that bothers me so much about Twitter and to a lesser degree, email feedback, is I haven't figured out what feedback, be it from email or Twitter, I can dismiss and what I really need to pay attention to. And the problem is compounded by oftentimes the feedback that I get and that you get and and many other public figures get, um, oftentimes it's not presented gracefully. It's presented obnoxiously. And so it's hard to find the nuggets of truth in feedback that's sent angrily or 
you know, by someone who's deeply frustrated or by someone who's offended. It's hard to find the nuggets of truth in that. As an example, I probably should do better about researching the names of people who send us things that we're going to talk about and follow up. But I was so freaking angry about the feedback, probably because of the way I read it. Now, who knows? Maybe it wasn't intended to be obnoxious, but I've read it as obnoxious. I was so fired up about it that I, I didn't take it for what it was, which is constructive feedback. And so I can't shut everything out, but right now I'm taking everything in and I'm breaking because of it. And that's just, it, it's, I can't sustain that anymore. I can give you some rule of thumbs for feedback. Mm-hmm. So with an ex- there are exceptions to this rule, and the exception for most of these rules is this show, because this show generates a different type of feedback. But for a show where you talk about technology news, if you open an email and it's more than two paragraphs, with, I would say, about a 95% success rate, you could just delete it. <laughs> because it's probably someone who is unnecessarily angry at you. Not that- correcting. Yeah. unnecessarily angry. I wouldn't say that's always the case with ATP, but there's oftentimes that people will, will write these Well, diatribes. I mean, other than that, they're, they're giving you tech support, which is, you know, they're trying to fix all of the world's problems. Like, it's just stuff that you're never going to read on the show. Like, it's pointless. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right? Like, what's the point of it? Like, I imagine that a lot of the time they're like, oh, here are these code examples. Like, <laughs> Not it's exactly, just like, but... you know, I, I just, there's so much of it that is just never going to be used the only thing that it does is like you just spend time spinning cycles on it. Mm-hmm. And okay, if people think this type of thing is is uh, is unfriendly, like if you think about Casey here, Casey works a job. The amount of email that ATP receives is probably about as much, if not more, than he gets from his job every single day. Oh, way more, way way more. So you've got to balance that, and and a, and, and a way to balance that is you just need to be more judicious about what you allow yourself to read. But. And I, my brain knows you're right, but the emotional idiot inside of me says somebody spent a lot of time typing all of that out to us. Don't I owe it to them to read it? Sure, but do you have to respond to it? No, I do not. And and I agree with you. I need to be much, much, much better about that. Well, but here's the secret. They'll never know. <laughs> I know. I know, but I'll know. I'm giving you a lot of advice that I don't necessarily deal with myself. I'm just trying to make you healthier. Yeah, yeah, and I think I'm not right upset now, either. right now you need to go you need to go atomic to get yourself back into a better place. Yeah. Yeah, you're probably right. And you think a week is it? I think a week is it and I think you need to start deleting more email. Like I delete a lot of email. I've always said this, right? Like I I really do try and get rid of as much of it as I can. And I have uh, a bunch of feedback mechanisms that replace email. You know, like, for example, for this show and for other shows, we use, like, Twitter hashtag stuff and things like that to try and reduce that because I run a business um, as well as host the shows. And I need to be able to get to the top of my email every day. Um, And so, you know, one one thing that I have is my co-hosts get the email. And they read the email, and then they deal with the email. And that's great for me, because I can't deal with all the email. Like, I literally cannot do it. Like, I can't take the email for all the shows and deal with it properly. So maybe you should lean on one of your co-hosts to read the email. Yeah. 
You're probably right. I don't know. It's just, and this is the thing, like, maybe I, maybe I just have an overinflated sense of niceness about myself, but I feel like I'm a nice guy and I want to read everything that people say to me. I want to, I want maybe not reply to everything, but I want to at least read everything that people are spending time saying to me. And, and I feel like it's disrespectful to these people not to, but the reality of the situation that I just can't come to grips with, but I need to, which is what you're saying is all I've offered is a place to send feedback. I have made no guarantee implied or otherwise that I will consume that feedback and my brain understands that. I understand that just because we provide an email address for people to email does not necessarily mean that we will read it. But, oh, man, it's hard. It's hard to do that. So I don't know where I'm going. You need to do it, man. You need to just do it. You need to just, <laughs> after this show is over, you go to Erin, you log in on a web browser, you have her change the password, she stores it in one password for you, and you get it back in a week. Don't tell anyone you're doing it. Just do it because, for me, the most powerful thing was doing it in semi-secret and then coming back and then being shown to me, shown to me that it was okay. Because if you tell the world you're doing it and you come back, you will answer it off in your head as, well, it's, you know, I I told everyone so nobody was tweeting at me. That's true. You need to just, just do it in secret. And it's also really important to know just how little people care. <laughs> genuinely, genuinely, no, it's ve- it is very important <laughs> to know the fact that most people will not notice you, whether you're there or not. And that is when you do the type of thing that we do, which is just like talking to people and getting to feel like we're super important. It can be really, imp- it is very valuable to know that in the grand scheme of things, you are not important. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Uh, I'm not sure I agree with changing the password. And let me tell you why. I am terrible about self-control. As evidenced, by the way, I reply to people on Twitter. Part of this exercise, if I stick with it, part of this exercise is proving to myself that I have some modicum of self-control. Mm, I disagree with you. And that's fair. And maybe, I don't know what I'm going to do. Uh, half of me thinks you're right, half of me you thinks you're wrong. You need the feeling. You need the desperate feeling, and you need it to go to its complete logical conclusion. Like, you have to feel it, because you'll get to a certain point, and you'll break, and then you won't know what it's like past that point. You need to go the whole way, and the only way you can do it is by eliminating your control. You don't have control. Sure, I do. I haven't used it in a day, and I've wanted to. God, if I wanted to. No, no, to. no. You lose the control because you have no option, <laughs> is what I'm talking about, right? right? Because the option is taken away from you because you have no way of accessing it. Yeah. That's my feeling. I mean, you know your own self better than I know yourself. True. And if you really want this to be a part of that, then you have to do it, but you have to really work harder. You're going to have oh, to work yeah. a lot harder at it this way. Yep. By design. All right. You've got to do a week, man. So I wanted it was Monday evening. So through the weekend, Monday after work, I am allowed to come crawling back and take another hit. Yep. If I fail, what's the penalty? <laughs> Let me just get that out of the way now. Look, I won't be upset at you. I'll just be disappointed. <laughs> yeah, I see how it is. Okay, Dad. Oh goodness. This will be good for you, man. Trust me. Like yeah. it will. It will be. I 
came back feeling very different about things and a lot of my old habits sneak in every now and then but I know that it made a marked change to how I approach this stuff yeah that's fair while uh, you tell me about something that's awesome I'm going to at the very least delete Tweetbot from my iPad which I am doing as we speak Yes, my boy. Boom. This episode is brought to you by Linode, a combination of high-performance SSD Linux servers spread across eight data centers around the world, makes Linode a fantastic solution for your server infrastructure. You can set up a server and get it up and running in just under a minute with plans starting at $10 a month, which will get you two gigabytes of RAM. You'll be able to choose your resources, Linux distro, and node location right from the manager tool. And once you're up and running, you can easily deploy, boot, and resize your virtual server in just a few clicks. Linode has over 400,000 customers who are all serviced by their super friendly and lovely and nice 24-7 support team. And 24-7 is serious with Linode. They're even open over the holidays. If you need something that you have to get help with, they're going to be there for you. 24-7-365. Linode is really committed to improving their infrastructure as well. This is something that they've shown time and time again, like that time relatively recently when they made the switch from Zen to KVM, and their latest Unix benchmark showed a plus 300% performance increase. I laugh because I don't know what that means, but Casey, <laughs> that's important, right? It is, it is. See, this is good stuff. Take it from Casey. Don't trust me. I know that it's really nice to have 24-7 support teams. Casey knows that making the switch from Zen to KVM is good. Totally. Linode is the full package for your server infrastructure needs. They have the power you require as well as the infrastructure and assistance that you want. If you sign up at linode.com slash analog, you'll not only be supporting us, but you'll also get yourself a lovely $20 off any Linode plan and with a seven day money back guarantee there's nothing to lose go to linode that's l-i-n-o-d-e dot com slash analog to learn more sign up and take advantage of that tasty twenty dollar credit or use the promo code analog a-n-a-l-o-g-u-e two zero at checkout thank you so much to linode for their support of this show and really fm <laughs> all right so did you delete that app yeah, I, do, I just deleted it. Uh, it is still installed on my Mac, though, so let me go ahead and, as I'm thinking of it... Delete it. Don't just I'm, drag it away. I'm delete it. it. I, know, I know it's not in the dock, but it's getting deleted as we speak. I would turn up and my volume and all that, but I'm not going to bother. Now go to Twitter.com in your browser. No, I'm not doing that right now. Go to Twitter.com in your browser and just click sign out. Oh, oh, I don't it's think I hard. am signed in. Okay, well, let me look. I am not Make signed sure. in. I am not signed all in. All right, great. Now change your password. <laughs> Aiden wanted to know, do you associate experiences you remember with the podcasts you were listening to during them? Most of the time I can pinpoint the podcast I was listening to and sometimes even what was being spoken about. I totally do this. And if I re-listen to a podcast episode, I hear it. So there are a bunch of podcasts that I do this with that I will re-listen to. It's typically the Flophouse is the show that I have most frequently will like go back and listen to old episodes because it's comedy based so you can kind of just enjoy it again in a, in a different way like it's not like news focused or whatever mm-hmm. um, I listened to a bunch of Flophouse episodes for the first time when I was sick do you remember when I was sick no. I was really sick that time do you remember when I was really sick I had that throat infection and I was like gone from the internet for a week Oh, like I just disappeared off the face of the earth anyway on the first day of that sickness when I was just feeling a little under the weather 
before I was laid up for five days, uh, I was building my Ghostbusters Lego. So now, whenever I listen back to those episodes of Flophouse, I remember that. Or I remember exactly where I was the first time that I listened to Hello Internet because I've listened to the first episode I ever heard like three times now. So now whenever I think about that episode, I remember the train station that I was standing at when I was listening to them talk about and describe flags for the first time. So, yes, I totally have this memory factor. Fair enough. Yeah, I don't, to be honest, um, because so much of my listening I do at work. And so it all kind of blends together over time. So I wish I had some better answer for you, Aiden, but eh, not usually. Bradley wanted to know, what thing in your past has taught you the most persistence? Working the job that I hated. Not the marketing job, the job before that, the job where I worked in the bank branches. When I was in a very specific place i mean i was working really hard the whole time but the last job that i had in that run that like four-year run of working in bank branches the last branch that i worked in before i got my marketing job that was the one that broke me and i remember the persistence for me was still going home after work and recording my shows and doing everything that i wanted there when i was dealing with crippling depression and still at that point being able to pull myself up and do what I needed to do to try and keep this like sub career going. That's where I learned my persistence. Yeah. For me, it was similar, but not, um, when I went to college, I don't recall if we've talked about this on the show or not, but I went to college, I went to uh, Virginia tech, which is a, um, which is a university in Southwest Virginia. I studied computer engineering. Um, at the time, computer science was part of the science department up until right around the time I graduated. Um, computer engineering is kind of half electrical engineering, half computer science. And at the time, computer engineering, in my personal very biased estimation, was considerably more difficult than computer science because it involved um, considerably and considerably more difficult classes in a lot of in a lot of ways. Um, I barely made it out of college with passing grades. I had to repeat courses sometimes three times um, because I just couldn't get them right. A lot of this, if not probably 80 to 90 percent of it, was self-created. Um, I didn't have to try hard in high school. I suddenly did need to try hard in college, and I didn't really know how. Um, but I kept telling myself at the time, that's hands on, hand on heart, this is a true story. I kept telling myself at the time, one day I will be married. And one day I want to be able to look my wife in the eye and say, you do not have to work anymore if you don't want to. And in 2014, Aaron got pregnant and I looked her in the eye and I said, you don't have to work anymore if you don't want to. And it all paid off. But I called my parents easily weekly, sometimes daily, telling them I'm going to drop out of engineering and just go and be a business major like so many of my engineering friends had done. And just cruise through school and not have to try hard, which I'm not saying that business isn't hard. I'm just saying that was my perspective as an 18-year-old. Um, I'll just cruise through school and I'll get out and I'll just be, a, I'll do business, whatever that means. Uh, but I stuck with it. I stuck with it despite every ounce of my being not wanting to. And that, as silly and ridiculous as this sounds and kind of broken as this sounds, that's kind of how I feel about this whole Twitter thing. I want to see if I can stick with it because I want to, not because I have to, not because the password has changed, but because I have the power to, to crumble, but I want to choose not to. We'll see. Yeah. I want to clarify something I said a moment ago when mm -hmm. I said crippling depression. Mm -hmm. uh, it wasn't the worst depression in the world, but it was crippling for me. 
I know that people suffer way worse, but it was in the essence that I would go into the office every day and would sit in a room and I wasn't able to do anything. Yeah. So that's what I meant by that. I could still get out of bed every day where I know that it can be way worse for some people. Yeah. I just wanted to clarify that because I know it's not the worst in the world. Drew said, uh, knowing Casey isn't into Snapchat, would Mike consider it as a co-founder of Relay to better and further reach the audience? So I know Snapchat is important. Uh, I feel like Relay can only focus its place in certain areas. I will say that today, for completely different circumstances, which is kind of hilarious because I've forgotten I put this in there, I signed up for Snapchat because Federico convinced me on Connected to do so. <laughs> because you he said weak, to me... You weak, man. He said to me... No, wait, there's, there's, there is more to this. He said to me, like, that, you know, you need to make sure that you're, like, not letting things pass you by, which is totally accurate. The thing is, this is me, not Relay. The idea of what I do and what Relay does is different. I can join Snapchat and get bored of it in a week and give it up. I don't want Relay FM, the company, to join any of these services and just give it up. You've got to go into it, and we've got to be able to do it all. So this is the same for stuff like Reddit, Instagram, Facebook. We don't have the capacity right now to truly have a good presence on all of these. So we're focusing our efforts in other areas. If and when we do have the capability and the facilities to do that, we will do that because I feel like you either do it properly or you don't do it at all. So I joined Snapchat yesterday. Look at us. We're always snapping. <laughs> we're always snapping and a chatting, which yeah. probably means all of the kids are leaving. Yep. Probably. Because we are now joining. <laughs> so what happened was Erin uh, was losing it. Uh, at her dad's the other day. We were all there for his birthday. This was Sunday. We were all at Aaron's dad's for his birthday. And um, she and her sister, and I think Declan, were, were all sitting together. And I was like across the room talking to one of her siblings or maybe her dad or something. And her sister is losing it. And Aaron is losing it, just hysterically laughing. And I look over. I'm like, what is happening? And then, you know, Declan gets involved. He starts giggling up a storm. Well, what they were doing is they were using like the little doggy filter thing. God, I'm so old. Anyway, using the little oh, the, like, the Snapchat filters are amazing. Yeah, so using like the doggy filter, and even Declan was getting in on it. So he has the doggy ears. He's sticking out his tongue, and the you know, little tongue comes shooting out of him. And then uh, what was the other one? Oh, there's one right now where the, there's these big yellow glasses, and it kind of like scrunches your mouth up. And so I'm watching Declan looking at himself in 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 her in Aaron's sister's phone, my sister in law's phone. Um, and he's trying to take the glasses off his head, except the glasses aren't on his head. They're just, uh, they're just in the screen, um, which is really funny. So early yesterday, the same day that I ended up going on my, starting my Twitter hiatus, unrelated, um, Aaron had sent me like a screenshot or something of the two of them, of Aaron and Declan using Snapchat. And so I thought, oh, I'll just join. And, and the only person I'm friends with right now is Aaron. And, and I'm presuming that Mike will add me momentarily. Uh, Assuming I don't, you're Casey Liss, I've already done it. Uh, no, I don't think I am, actually. <laughs> I think I'm oh, Casey no. M. Liss, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, how do I even know? Uh, anyway, we'll figure this out. But um, yes, I am uh, Casey I just added Liss. Casey Liss and Casey M. Liss, no. so... Whoever you are, Casey Liss, we just became friends. How about that? Um, I don't know if I would ever post anything publicly. I tend to like Instagram stories for that sort of thing, but we'll see. But by pure happenstance, I, I have signed up for I've signed up for Snapchat. All right. The fact that you did it and Federico did it independently, and now he's convinced me to do it, means that it's over. Yeah, Game it's over. Done. It's totally done. They're dead now. Yep. All right. Rest in peace, Snapchat. 
Uh, one last relayer feels. Uh, here's this is from Junis, and I should have looked up how to pronounce that name. Do you know, Mike? I would go with Eunice. There you go. Okay, my apologies. I should have done better. I'm already falling off the wagon. Look at me go. Um, so Eunice, perhaps, had said, I'm sorry, uh, here's an idea, Casey Liss. You should do an interview show seriously. Um, I've thought about it a ton, and, and, and this is being brought up because I've mentioned to you several times that I miss your interview shows. Um, some of the same problems you have, I would have. Who would you ask? How do you schedule it? Um, some of the problems I would have uniquely would I really be any good as an interviewer? Would I find the right questions? Would I get that interview tone that you really need to be a good interviewer? Uh, I don't even know if that's it. But anyway, um, I've, thought, tone, I've thought about it. But the number one problem, the number one reason I haven't started another podcast, because I've thought about it a lot. And in fact, I am kicking around an idea with a couple of Relay co-hosts. Um, the number one reason, though... Oh, that, you are, are you? Yes, I am. I think I've told <laughs> you about this, in fact. Um mm-hmm. The number one reason, though, that I haven't done it yet is because I have no freaking clue how to edit a podcast, and it's scary to me trying to learn. Uh, Marco does all the edits for ATP. You do all the edits for this. And the closest I come to editing is marking a timestamp and saying, please fix this. So I don't have the faintest idea how to edit. I don't have the time to learn, I don't think. So that's what's keeping me from doing it more than anything else. That's a big, big reason, though. Yeah, it is. I mean, basically, once I figure out how to edit a podcast, I'm pretty much going to take your job. I've already talked to Steven. All right, cool. So uh, you're you're close to retirement, my friend. Just not quite there yet. It's all resting you on think, my shoulders. You think you want my job, my friend? <laughs> <laughs> no, I definitely do not want the sales no. part of your job. That's for sure. Oh, that's fine. I'm pretty good at it. <laughs> Humble break. <laughs> oh, goodness. I'm looking forward to our next episode. I'm going to own a house, and you were living off Twitter for the whole time. Uh, one of those is true. <laughs> I'm not sure either of them yeah. are. <laughs> we'll see.